Just just start recording it, Bobby. It's time. It's time for the podcast. The it's pod- it's been uh, a week. It's been a week. It's been a whole week, and so much has happened. And here we are. Here we are again. We broke the double. Di- wait, we broke the. Di- we're into the twenties. We're twenty one. We're twenty one now. We're old enough to drink. Finally, and we're not drinking. You know that's very appropriate. Yeah. Because there's no alcohol in my house, but uh-huh. I looked in the back of the fridge. I don't know who brought these over to my what house, is it? but I found something that one might drink when they turn 21. Okay. It's called Mighty Swell Sparkling Cocktails Ride the Wave Peach. Uh, oh. I'll Did- say that again. Mighty Spell Sparkling Cocktails Ride the Wave Peach. Ride that peach swell, I think if baby. you were to ask for it, you'd say, do you have any Mighty Spell peach flavored? Mighty Swell. And it's uh, it's disgusting, but it has alcohol in it. I got a swollen peach for you, baby. Is it, Was there more than one of those? I don't know what that means. I don't either. Is that the only one you had? I would give you another one, but if they are someone that lives here, I don't I don't know if we're allowed to drink them or not. You made me pour out wine that you said was bad. It was bad. It would have hurt you if you drank it. Uh, I would have rather drink bad wine than that. Okay, good. Because you don't get one. I kind of want one. I had a mimosa. I had a mimosa before I came over here. Again, Bobby. I don't know how we do it, but we somehow end up recording on the most beautiful day it's, of the week. It's so nice outside. It's like 60 degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting outside at a bar on like the little front stoop at a, at a thing, at a, at a picnic table, drinking mimosas with some friends, eating pancakes. And it was just a lovely day. It's just a lovely day in Texas today. Right. January in Texas can be pretty badass. Or it can be fucking cold. You know what's better than talking about the weather? What's that? Anything. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, it is. So yeah, Bobby, what uh, what is that a new vape thing you got there? I did. What the fuck is that? It looks like a USB. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's I'm. Can I just like uh, I guess plug re- it? Recommend this? Plug it. Plug I, it. I got off the vape recently. That's a vape. Because I've been just smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that's, you know, counterproductive. It's real man. Real men smoke cigarettes. I agree. I definitely Real men agree. smoke tobacco. I always say, you know how, uh, you know how like cigarettes make you look cool? Vapes do Vapes not. do like the exact inverse the of that. polar opposite. Yeah. Like one of the reasons I don't quit smoking. Now, people, I smoke black and mild wood tip cigars. Uh, I use the term cigar very loosely because they're like 80 cents. <coughs> that cough is because of all those cigars. <laughs> But I look like a fucking badass smoking them. And somebody smoking what looks like an electronic dildo for their vape doesn't look cool. Unless it's like a real hot chick. But that's just my preference. You know, whatever. I don't. I didn't care about that when I smoked a vape. But mm-hmm. now I got this thing called a Juul. J-U-U-L. And you bought it at the gas station. Oh, that's cool. They, they took a word and they spelled it differently. Yeah, marketing. Nice. And it just looks like a USB stick, and uh, you put these little cartridges in it, and it takes a day, uh, an hour to ch- recharge, lasts all day. Give me a hit. Feels like a real cigarette. No, it doesn't. It feels like a fucking USB port. No, I mean your in your lungs and throat. Oh, really? I love what it feels. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was something there, but... Uh... <laughs> I fucking hate vapes. It'll get you. Yeah. I you know what's better than talking about vaping? Anything. Anything. <laughs> we started this one off with a bang. Let's talk about the weather and vaping. <laughs> Yeah, this is not for everyone. It's uh, not for everyone. Episode 21. 21. 
21. I'm, every time we say episode 21, I'm, I'm going to take a sip of Mighty Swell Sparkling Cocktails Ride the Wave Peach. Peach! Ride the Wave Peach. <laughs> Is that what Mario tells uh, a surfing prince? I was going to say be or... more vulgar than that. Yeah, I was too. But it was just it was a bad joke anyways. Can you do can you say ride the wave peach in like Ride a, the wave a peach? Like that. All right, now say it in Wario's voice. Ride the wave a peach. And by a wave, I mean my dick. <laughs> that's, that's what Wario would say. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Can you do a can you do a Kennedy? Kennedy? You know, John F. <laughs> no, I don't know if I can do John F. Ride the wave, Peach. There you go. You do all the Kennedy impression. Ride the wave. No, I can't do it. I can't. That was bad anyway. I, I wasn't raised looking at John F. Kennedy. I was raised looking at fucking Mario. I was raised looking at the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Talk like the Pope. Do a Pope impersonation. It's a me, the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you just... Uh, you are molested little boy. I move you to different parish. You know, go to jail. It's a me, the Pope. It's pretty good, right? It's real good. That's real good. That joke's staying in, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Moving on. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened today. I uh, <laughs> you drove. I drove back from Houston because I was vid- visiting my mother. Uh-huh. And I, lo- I'm gonna tell you this, Adam. I love getting out of the car after progressive driving? liberal bubble that is Austin, Texas, and going out to real Texas. Right. Driving across the state. Conservative Texas. I guess that's what it's called now. <laughs> Red Texas. <laughs> yes. Red Texas, because I stopped at a, at a gas station in Schulenburg. Uh, I'm familiar with Schulenburg, and uh, it was great because I love truck stops. I do love truck stops. I bought a yellow shirt that says "Don't Tread on Me" with a snake on it. <laughs> is it like Hulk Hogan yellow? Uh, yeah. Is the words in red? Because that'd be baller. Uh, it's just the, like the flag, the "Don't Tread on Me" flag. I was like, uh, yeah, okay. this is something worth buying at a, yeah, at a truck stop. Yeah, but um, I was checking out, and uh, at the register next to me, this big like roly poly like. Like ha- fat and happy trucker man, he looked like the boulder from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, just waddling up to the uh, the counter, uh-huh. and the the clerk's like, "Hi, how are you?" And he goes, "Oh, fat and sassy yourself." He said that. He said, fat and sassy. Oh my god, he was. And I said, "Can I can I steal that response?" He's like, "Now what you got to do is you got to you got to roll your eyes real weird when you when you say it though." And I was like, "Yeah, it's good to probably like make everyone feel uncomfortable." Yeah, thanks for that, buddy. Thanks, thanks for, for the, uh, the, the, uh, the tip. The, uh, <laughs> the tag at the end of that is like, "Now for it to really work, Adam, yeah, roll your eyes all silly." You'll be like, "Fat and sassy." No one can see what I just did. It was silly. It was fat. And I thought sassy. that was fun. Anyway, it was, it, was, it was good. Let me tell you about my uh, my gas station story the other day. Mm-hmm. Went to a gas station the other night in San Marcos, Texas. Is this a new segment? No, it's my gas station story. My gas station story with Bobby and Adam. Um, so I'm in uh, I'm in San Marcos, which, which is my favorite town in uh, in in Texas. I think. Um, you know that is a really liberal town. I realized something the other day, Bobby. Here's the difference between San Marcos and Austin. Everybody talks about how like Austin's a hippie town. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's a pretentious hipster fuck town. San Marcos is an actual hippie town. There are actually hippies there. There you're going to find hippies. You'll find some here in Austin, but mainly it's just hipster twats here. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. Anyways, in a gas station. And uh, one of the things I love about San Marcos, I may have told you listening on. Did you want to go look at my vinyl collection after this podcast? No. <laughs> no, because that's not what I love about it. One of the things I love about it is all the beautiful women, all the young, beautiful women in such a small, condensed area. They're all between 20 and, you know, who cares? Somewhere up from there. If you don't know, it's a college town. College town. south of Austin. College town. So uh, this girl walks in, and she's dressed to, to party. To the nines. And uh, she's wearing, like, little short shorts 
and she's got like a like a tank top on, huge chest just sticking out the front of her. I shirt. like how you use the word chest there. Huge to, chest to uh, class it up. I didn't say massive tits. Yeah, uh, huge chest, and the, and my she, boy's growing up. She walks in, and there's another guy standing there, big, fat, bald, white dude, right? And he's just like kind of like, and I could tell when I got up to the line, like it was taking a while in there, and he was just talking to some employee. Just ch- when he said "big fat bald white guy," the first image I thought of was Kingpin from Punisher and Spider Man. Kind of like that because he seemed like he was like a Yankee. Did he have type. a big white sport coat on? He was wearing more of what, in my mind, I know it wasn't really what he was wearing, but I imagine like an Adidas jumpsuit, like a like a oh. Tony Soprano, or like a thing. like a Guy Ritchie character. Yeah, but like a really dirty, not not like dirty, like he's cool, but like. Like it's just not clean. Okay, I got the visual. Yeah, so he's I'm I'm standing in line and I'm uh, I'm next in line. I'm punching stuff in and, and like I, I smile at the chick, uh, make eye contact, you know. Mm-hmm. Didn't just go straight for boot. Firm contact. handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I'm so he's behind me and the other girl's behind him and he's like, oh hey, how you doing? And starts talking to the girl. And I'm just minding my own business and I'm like you know, checking out, buying my cigars, and he's like, hey, you got to be careful out there. Like talking to this girl. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like what, what is this guy saying? And he's like, yeah, you know, a lot of people get raped. Jesus Christ! Like my niece, my niece. You know, somebody just uh, somebody's grabbed her, just grabbed her and took her and raped her. And I'm like thinking to myself in my head, I'm like, holy shit, nobody started this conversation. Like, but you just started talking about rape to a 23 year old girl, right? And I think that the the, the source of him bringing this up could be one of two things. Uh-huh. Do you want to hear him? Sure. Number one. He is a crazy person yeah. and plans on has some weird fixation on like warning his victims before he actually right. Right. Or I warned you. He sincerely, out of the kindness out of his heart, and um, you know, at the very, very, very off chance of this girl giving him the time of the day in his awkward old man manner. Right. Um wanted to sincerely bring that up to warn her about the rapists of the right, world. Right. I mean and then she would sub go like, you're cute. <laughs> um, and you know, things pursue from there. So here's what happened after that. Okay. Um <laughs> Good, good hypothesis mm-hmm. there, Bobby. I, I thought it was me personally. You know, I watch a lot of horror movies. We know that. I was like, he's like totally going to kidnap and rape her. But he's like, my, my niece, like somebody grabbed her and just took her rape her. You can't trust anybody. He's like, just don't trust anybody, okay? Ugh. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Dude, if you'd seen the look on my face, I was like mortified. Like, holy shit, this is really happening. It was crazy. You it didn't was, say anything? No, I didn't say anything. Like, uh, I was just like... <laughs> like just fade in the bushes like that Homer Simpson meme? No, I'm just standing right in front of him, and I know like I'm pushing in my numbers in my car, and I'm like... like I'm telling you, man, this is the negative byproduct of the hashtag MeToo movement. It's created awareness to like weird, fat, redneck man in, in San Marcos to like start spreading the word to young girls at the 7-Eleven. Yeah, to not get raped. Don't trust no one. And so uh, when I walk out, like I walk by, and I walk by the girl, and she looks me in the eyes and just has this kind of like, Ugh, and I'm like, I don't know, honey. She gave you this look like, what the fuck? And you were like, I don't know. Like, if you wanted to, you could go up to her and say, hey, are you all right? Like, that was kind of weird. No, then, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't but, have gone there. But you could have. I would have been like, whoa, did you? That was fucking crazy. Exactly. Right? And it's, then she'd start giggling. And, and then, then you start, yeah. yeah. But that's a very odd circumstance to meet mm-hmm. a woman at a gas station. Mm-hmm. Can we move on from this? Let's move on. That was a good Adam's gas Corner. Sta- that was not Adam's Corner, <laughs> motherfucker. That was gas station stories with Bobby and Adam, all right? That's what that fucking was. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> we established that. Let's go start hanging out in gas stations more. So what you got? What else you got, Bobby? You drove from Houston. Um, can I talk, can I get on my high horse for a second? Yeah, sure. How Before far? we go to the news, the news. Um, so they hired this new guy at the Starbucks by my office. Oh, you, ugh, 
Bob, are you fucking hipster fuck? Because I got a Starbucks? Yeah. They hired a new guy at the yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, I go there to buy my um, Nora Jones compact <laughs> discs. What a hipster artist that is. Well, you buy Nora Jones albums at Starbucks? Oh, my God. Um, Do they sell Nora Jones at Starbucks? Probably. But um, there's this new guy, and he's, like, way too energetic. Because i got to work uh, really early. So I'm there at, like, 6, 6.30 a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And he's this dude that's just, like, every single time. He's, like... He'll like throw his arms up when like the registers open, be like, next wonderful customer. Like no. that. And you can tell everyone in the whole place fucking hates this guy. <laughs> the people that work there, the people that are like shopping there. <laughs> right, right. And I'm just like, oh God. Like it makes me not want to go there. And I've kind of taken a break on some level because of that guy. That guy's driven you out of your Starbucks. And he'll just be like, is this the sandwich you wanted? And he'll like, He'll like put it in your face with his fist, and you're like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, this is bad enough if it's not six thirty in the morning, right? But it's very like it's uh, it's it's disconcerting at two in the afternoon. It's gonna be quite right. odd not when you, putting it when it's 6 like the first person you've interacted <laughs> with in the, in, the, in the on the day. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to get that fucking guy. Fuck off my that chest. guy, you know. And I don't know what he's he should be working at like a KB toy store. Mm-hmm. I don't exist? think that we should let that guy work at, yeah. anywhere with children. People like that, I'm just saying, that shtick could work, but you don't try to sell coffee with it at 6 a.m. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you no, know? I agree. That guy, he could make some money doing that maybe if he's enthusiastic. If he's going to be enthusiastic about fucking coffee, he can be enthusiastic about something. But again, fuck that guy. News or Adam's Corner? News! The news! Let's go to the news. Let's, oh, fuck that again. Jesus Christ. Got a lot of compliments on that. Did you? Did really did anybody say, oh, I liked your fucking sound app? My mom was like, oh, it sounds professional. Your mom does not listen to our podcast no, she doesn't. at she all. She doesn't know it exists. <laughs> when, we were, when I was like, I got to leave early, she's like, why? I was like, I got to meet with Adam. She goes, who's Adam? And I'm like, we got to go record an episode. And she's like, oh. Like, she has no idea. She just like wow. didn't want to keep asking me. Your quite. dad knows. Your fucking dad. I don't dad. know if you, like, I don't think they know what a podcast is. Yeah, they might not. I didn't know what a podcast was until you made me fucking do this. Right. To be honest. Hold on a second. I can't judge. Let's go to the news. The news. You already did that. You just fucking did that. This is good news. Uh-huh. This is really good news. Mm. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. <gasps> Shutter, <gasps> the streaming service Shutter, which I'm a big fan of. This is real news? Is interested in reviving Joe Bob Briggs' monster vision. Fuck yes! This is the best news I've heard all day. It's really good news. And if you don't know what monster vision is, oh. in the early 90s. It made me who I am today. Yeah. It's up there. For, like we talk about USA Up All Night mm-hmm. or like Elvira or. Monster Vision was the best. Monster Vision was like the time. Like I saw Monster Vision probably more than anything else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easily. Because that's I was of that age at that time. So in the early 90s, Joe Bob Briggs. Hosted a show called Monster Vision. It was just like him hosting horror movies, but it wasn't always horror movies. There's all kinds of. It was like whatever TNT had the rights to. It was monster movies. It'll be Monster Vision with it be like Robin Hood Men in Tights. And you're like, all right, whatever. Like, did they ever do that? Are you yeah, serious? I looked at the episode list. Really? But the thing about Joe Bob Briggs and Monster Vision that uh-huh. was the first time I saw They Live. Oh. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense now. Yep. And I remember thinking that I'm like, this is kind of a weird movie. I was like, oh, it's not Ready Ready Piper, isn't it? Like. And I immediately kind of dismissed it, like, "Oh, this is just a cheesy movie." And then a few years later, I went back and like, re- I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, really? Yeah. Anyway, it's a great movie. Twenty three minute fight scene. But it makes sense, though. Um, 
Mystery Science Theater re- reboot was very successful. I think right. that's coming back for right. season two soon. And they're going to have Joe Bob. Well, I mean, this is all rumor. This is all like they're talking right Please, now. TV gods, make it happen. Please. TV guides? Gods. Oh, yeah. TV gods. Right. Yeah, not guides. They still have TV guides. You got a channel for that shit now. The TV guide channel. You don't need that because you have like the menu now. So when I stayed with my cousins in, um, in the, uh, before we went on the cruise, like at their house in Tennessee, they just always had the TV Guide channel on. And I'm like, let's, let, let's watch this. And I'd change it to a show. And I'd be like watching it in the background or whatever. And then they'd, they'd change it back to the TV Guide channel. I'm like, you realize this is just commercials and that, nobody's even watching this. Can we just put it on like a regular show? I'm on Team Cousins right now. Are you? I did that all the time. You just watch the TV Guide channel. It was, like, I mean, it it beats- was very like hypnotic. Right. And it would just scroll slowly like your favorite channel would be coming up. You're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I missed it if it goes by. <laughs> And it would be the same movie trailers over and over right. again, all on channels that we didn't subscribe yeah, to, like yeah, HBO. So you even and watch those. Like, I couldn't even watch. I right. remember seeing the Falling Down trailer like over and over. Dude, Falling, Falling Down and movie. Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. I remember watching those two trailers on the TV I don't Guide channel. That movie. I never saw it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember. You remember the fucking preview? I remember right? the preview well. <laughs> yeah, TV Guide channel. What happened to you? I guess there's no need for it in this. Well, day and they age. have it. They have it. It exists. I guess you just have basic cable. You know, you know what I thought was kind of clever is the uh, the DVD menu on Wayne's World is like a it looks like a TV Guide channel. Oh, does it? And you can actually like scroll down to different shows, and it'll show like a clip of like people jazzercising. Well, I guess like, I guess I didn't, I didn't have that edition of Wayne's World and on I'm, DVD. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's how many editions of Wayne's World do you have on DVD? Just one. <laughs> okay. The, the Wayne's World collection. Okay, fuck you, Bobby. Okay. Which, by the way, Wayne's World 2 is the best sequel after Godfather Part 2. Or Empire Strikes Back. They're all three up there. Right. You got an Adam's Corner for me. Adam's Corner. <whistles> oh. You didn't even use the button. You I didn't just... use the button. I just did that myself. <laughs> you could be the sound box, Bobby. So uh, I hosted a big burlesque show last week. Talked a little about it on here before. Um... It was a lot of fun, Bobby. I had a lot of fun. What I did, I don't know if I told you people this. I might have mentioned it. The day after Halloween, I went to Spirit Halloween Store, right? Because I knew everything's going to be on sale. It's fucking day after Halloween, right? Right. Pro so, tip. Exactly. So I go in there, and they had a badass, like, full-length, like, purple Joker jacket. Like, like the one that he wore in that really shitty Suicide Squad movie, but the jacket looked baller. Right. Like, 30 bucks. And... A f- top and bottom full suit of Beetlejuice, black and white stripes. Now, was it Beetlejuice license or did it say like Bug Man? It was like Ghost with the Most or something. Yeah, shit, yeah. If I recall <laughs> it like, correctly, yeah, it wasn't. It, it was not actually Beetlejuice. I mean, but it's actually it is a Beetlejuice suit. It's, it's a suit Beetlejuice. It'll be right. like Harry Potter. Will be like. Like, sorcerer's child sorcerer child yeah sorcerer sorcerer's school child yeah yeah exactly. it's all bad lost in translation because uh-huh. it's like made in like china or something yeah because they can't you know licensing fuck all that right so i bought that suit and i was like i don't know when i'm gonna wear this suit when i'm ever gonna need to dress like beetlejuice but i need to fucking own this so lo and behold a couple months later my buddy frankie frankie blackheart dark matter productions burlesque mm-hmm. is putting together a tim burton themed show Tim Burton. I love Tim Burton. Tim Burton was my favorite director, like my whole childhood. 
Like right. easily. It wasn't until he started doing like Planet when he made Planet of the Apes, I was like, ah, dude, really? Wait, what? Planet of the Apes. What about it? Oh, Tim Burton. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying this guy produced a Planet of the Apes burlesque. I was like, how did I not know about this? That's a good idea, Planet of the Apes burlesque. It's kinda of, kinda of creepy and weird, yeah, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. I could I could get off to a chick with a See, mask. See, me on. not paying attention to you yields fruit sometimes. Shaking monkey tits. I pay attention during your shit, Bobby. <clears throat> Anyways. So I wear my Beetlejuice suit to the burlesque show, right? And I'm the host. I'm a great MC. I mean, With I'm the most. Absolutely. It was fantastic. According to the costume. So here's how it started, right? And this wasn't my idea. This was all Frankie's idea. Like that day, I wrote out notes for every performer and like had little intros for everybody that was doing shit. You know, I just wrote it out that day and had like six pages of notes. I'm good. So uh, Frankie's idea was I'm going to start off on stage naked, just wearing like boxer shorts, right? And then the girls are all going to dress me while I'm doing this. You know, Bobby, see, this is the thing. You, you know, you, you stop to go Google stuff. It's really frustrating to me, Bobby, to try to tell a story. Wait, what were you saying? Exactly, you fucker. So uh, she's like, Adam, you're going to do a reverse burlesque. You're going to go out there on stage with nothing on, and then you're going to put the suit on. I was like, that's a good idea, Frankie, but I got to wear a shirt because I'm covered in claw marks and bite marks right now. It looked like I wrestled a large cat. Oh. And I mean, in some ways, I did. So, uh, anyways, anyways, I go out there on stage. I got my, I got a dress shirt on, right? I got tucked into my boxers. I got my my fancy shoes, my saddle shoes on. And did you do the spinal tap and put like a cucumber? No, no, no. I didn't need to do that. You didn't need to do that. I, I didn't okay. need to do right. that. I had no need to do that. So I go out there and I have two girls that are the kittens that are helping on stage dress me like while I'm on stage they put my jacket on me and I'm smiling like a jackass and I sit in a chair and they pull the pants up and they hit me in the balls with the thing unintentionally it was a lot of fun put my tie on put the hat on and then I'm like it's showtime dude it was so fucking good we had like 300 people in that place they made money good fucking money and then after the show I'm walking around downtown San Marcos my favorite town the 78666 that's the uh, zip code of Satan and uh, <coughs> I'm standing there at a bar, my favorite bar, actually. And some guy looks at me, some weirdo looks at me. He's like, hey, are you Von Arndt 13? I'm like, what the fuck? You got recognized. I got recognized. He's like, are you from the Not For Everyone podcast? You got recognized. I got, rec- I got fans. I That's got awesome. fans. So one of our fantastic fans. Gabe, what up? Hey, Gabe. He doesn't like when you call him Gabe. I told him, Gabe, I'm going to call you Gabe. So, Gabe, we love you, bro. From uh, from the the Pillager Productions and and whatnot. Yeah, we're gonna start talking about. He's about to start sponsoring us with his beard oil. And he's my about sponsor. to start. And hey, we have beards, right? We don't. Do you use? It's, their uh, oil? I can't think of the name of it right now. But we got you next episode. Don't do worry. You, Gabe. Do you use? Do you use beard oil? I do. You do? Yeah. I don't use beard oil. I use uh, balm more than oil, but I use. Uh, my beard looks way better than yours. Okay, thank you for. Um, I'm just saying. Uh, hey, that. hey, hey! I don't use beard oil, but Gabe, if you want to comp me some beard oil, I'll give it a shot. I said, hey, Gabe. Um, oh, my God. He's probably geeking out so hard right <laughs> now. We're talking about Gabe. I said, hey, Gabe. I, I, I messaged him on Instagram. I said, yo, if you leave us a <laughs> iTunes review, we'll talk about your beard oil on the show. He got excited. He did. He I excited. think I could feel the uh, genuine excitement through the Instagram keyboard. You know, it was fun for me. It was like getting to say, it's not for everyone, like in public. Right. Because I was requested to say that. I was requested to say. He got some good pictures of me. He was, he's so a, what does he prefer to be called? Gabriel. Gabriel. Like our, our archangel. Like the Gabriel. archangel. Yes. Like from Marvel Comics with the metal wings that Apocalypse turned Warren Worthington into. Mm-hmm. Just like that one. Just, he looks, he's, he can do all those things <laughs> he, that Archangel You does. nailed it, Gabe. You fucking nailed it so and uh, gabe just climaxed <laughs>
But no, yeah, that was a great show. It was a great production. It was great to know that our fans out there love us and want to hear more. And he was the person who recommended that we watch Reanimator, which I said, fuck no. I don't understand it, Adam. Stuart Gordon can suck a dick. It doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm seriously convinced you've never seen a Stuart Gordon Motherfucker, movie. Motherfucker, we've sat, I've watched movies with you. You watched Dolls. It's a terrible movie. Okay, I can get why you would maybe think that about Dolls. It's not for everyone. <laughs> but like Reanimator, uh-huh. From From Beyond is like one of my favorite uh, 80s horror movies ever. I've watched From Beyond a couple, okay, here's my thing. I'll tell you this, maybe I've said it before. I'm a huge fan of H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. and I will say Stuart Gordon is the only motherfucker that goes out there and tries to make H.P. Lovecraft films, but they fucking suck. What are you talking about? They're bad. Like, what else? I'm looking. Oh, my God. You have to look it up to so look. you don't even know. I, wait, okay, wait. You think I'm supposed to sit here and think, oh, let me just remember like the worst movies he, I've ever didn't seen. Didn't he do, like, oh. King of the Ants? King of the Ants was legit as fuck. Mm-hmm. King of the Ants was good. King of the Ants was really fucking good. One of these days, I'm going to make you watch a Stuart Gordon film and be like, see, I told you you've never seen this because you love it. Um, look, okay, he made King of the Ants. He made Dagon. Uh-huh. It's fun. <sighs> he made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Oh, that's a great show. He made the wonderful Ice Cream Suit. I've never seen that. He made, yeah, we should watch that one, actually. Okay. He made Space Truckers. Ooh, that's a good one. Space Truckers. Fucking really, Stuart Gordon? Jesus Christ. Reanimator. Wait, he made Fortress. He made Fortress has uh, Christopher Lambert. I'm kind of want to watch that. Castle Freak. Castle Freak's amazing. He made Robot Jocks. That movie's amazing. Robot Jocks is pretty good. I don't know. I you like all his worst movies. <laughs> he made Dolls, From Beyond, and Reanimator. Dude, From Beyond and Reanimator are like essentials. <sighs> I've watched Reanimator a lot. And it's okay. It's okay. All right, well, don't say fuck Stuart Gordon then. Fuck you, Stuart Gordon. Because you're basically saying, hey, fuck you, Archangel. Hey, man, I would never say that to Archangel. And Gabe, you're cool, dude. You're cool. Okay, so... It is audience appreciation hey, wait, month. I forgot we forgot to do something, Bobby. Hmm. Kurt Russell. Okay. Just Kurt Russell. It is audience appreciation month. Right. This is the last episode of the month. Uh-huh. Recommended by our dear friend Austin. Austin, we love you, Austin. Who's been a loyal listener from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few people whose opinion I respect on things. You don't even respect my opinion on these things. That's correct. I give you advice and you're like, ideas, you're like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> fucking Austin says it, you're like, we should do this. No, no, no. This was straight up audience uh, recommendation. A little movie from 1987 called Anguish starring uh, Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Rubenstein. I love and Michael Lerner. Really? Yes. Oh. I like Michael Lerner. I'm a bigger, bigger David Warner fan. Mm-hmm. But Michael Lerner's good. Okay. You know, if we had to if you had to decide. You know, Austin, I will say this about Austin. He uh I always hated Jardawurski. Jardaw uh, the guy that did Holy Mountain and yes. El Topo. El Topo. I tried to watch El Topo. It's like we're in the desert. I have a gun. There's a naked boy. I have a gun. There's a horse in the desert, naked boy. Like, that was that whole fucking movie. And I don't even know if I finished it. And I didn't ever <laughs> want to watch Holy Mountain because I was like, oh, God, I had to sit through that. So he convinced me to watch Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. And that movie was badass. Yeah, that's a great movie. So, anyways. Anguish. Anguish. Um, directed by Biga Lunas. Oh, yo, Biga Lunas. I'm going to say this before we uh, come back and review mm-hmm. after we watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's We're going to get pretty spoiler heavy because you kind of have to when talking about this movie. Because the big twist happens like maybe halfway through. Well, I haven't seen it. Shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm just saying, warning people. 
Spoiler warning. Go ahead and read it, though. We are going to watch the movie Anguish, and if you listen to this podcast, you will be spoiled. Sort of like the time we told you that Luke Skywalker died in Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, a controlling mother uses telepathic powers to send her middle-aged son on a killing spree. That sounds pretty badass. Yup. Sounds pretty fucking metal. And did the guy who wrote it directed it too? Written and directed by Bella Lunas. And now you must start thinking of the spiral. The spiral that's coming into your head. Think of the center. The center of the spiral. Imagine the spiral in your mind. Think of the center and you'll be with me. We'll be together. Ready? All finished. Slowly, my baby. Deep, easy breaths. Let your mind float into space. Feel the power and flow of your heart. Relax. You can feel it. Your eyelids are heavy. Your eyes are closed and you cannot open them. The blood is rushing from your heart to your head. Feel it. Your head is filling up with blood. Blood. Now the blood is flowing from your head back to your heart. Feel it. It makes you strong. We're back. And wowza, what a film that was. That's a good one. That's a good That's one. That's a damn fine film. It was a, it was a, it was a spectacular movie. Anguish was directed by Big Ass Luna. Big Ass Luna. Big Ass Luna. It's Big Ass Moon. Um, he's a Spanish director. I looked at his other filmographies, uh-huh. and yeah, uh, it looks like a lot of like uh, like mediocrely rated Spanish films that I'd never heard of. Huh. How do you get this gig, I wonder? I don't know, but it's. I would bet it's his best film. You know what? Maybe, maybe he wrote and directed this as a Spanish version, and they decided to remake it in English like they do nowadays. Maybe. Maybe. Let's look into it. It's an interesting film. I've never seen a movie like that before. No. It's no. very... Um, it's got a little bit of... You feel a little Hitchcock vibe, a little Cronenberg vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. little uh, Kubrick vibes. Um, I don't think it was overt, like say something like uh, Doomsday. But yeah. like, you definitely feel that. I didn't until you mentioned it. Right. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was just but it made sense. I was just enjoying the film. Anyway, Anguish stars Zelda Rubenstein of Poltergeist Zelda fame. Zelda Rubenstein. Can you do a good Zelda Rubenstein? That so. sounded all right. Keep it going. It was okay. What about mother? Come to mommy. She's talking to the snail. Come to mommy. You just sound like a, um, a junkie Muppet. 
<laughs> a junket. I'm like a, meet a the, junket. I'm a meet the feebles. You ever see meet the feebles? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, it was it says Joel Rubinstein and Michael Lerner. Michael Lerner. I'm best known from Barton Fink. Yeah. He was also in the crappy Godzilla. That delightful, Godzilla. delightful uh, Roland Emmerich, Matthew Broderick vehicle. Days of Future Past. He was like the senator or something. He was in it for a second. He's in stuff. He's in stuff. Michael, Michael Lerner. My Michael. new favorite movie of Michael Lerner's. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely my favorite Michael Lerner movie. I will say this is probably the weirdest movie we watched, with the exception of maybe like Hell Comes to Frogtown, but this is a different kind nah, of weird. Dude, I don't even know if we can say that. We watched American Gothic. That's true. We've watched... This is a weird... This is up there with our weird fucking movies. This is perfect for this, this show. This is par is for the is. course. Yeah. It's par for the course. So tell me what Anguish is about. So here's what Anguish is about. It, it opens in this house and there's like snails crawling around. But before it gets to that, there's a disclaimer. And we love our disclaimers, don't we, Bobby? We sure do. So there's a disclaimer and there's like a like a printout on the screen of words. And it's like... Let me, let me find it. Let me read it. I took a picture. And it's and there's like a voiceover saying, and so like it just kind of starts off with like a weird vibe to it, which is cool. What it says on screen is, during the film you are about to see, you will be subject to subliminal messages and mild hypnosis. This will cause you no physical harm or lasting effect. But if for any reason you lose control or feel that your mind is leaving your body, leave the auditorium immediately. Which is just great to have that at the beginning yeah. of the fucking movie. And there was also a weird voiceover saying other weird shit along the You know, when that's lines. the first thing you're met with, you're just kind of like, wait, all right, where's this fucking going? Yeah. Like, what We're in for something different. Yeah. And so it starts out in the house. There's snails crawling around everywhere. Michael Lerner, he's trying to get a pigeon out of a cage, and then the pigeon flies away. His mom is Zelda Rubenstein. His mom is Zelda Rubenstein. Okay. She has... Pet- no relation to Harvey Firestein. She No. Totally. Harvey Firestein. Totally different people. Different Steens there. <laughs> Now, Zelda Rubenstein's character of Mother, it's literally called Mother. That's mm-hmm. her name. Um, she has a lot of pet snails. A lot of pet snails and pet um, pigeons. And then um, who, what's the name of Michael Lerner's character? John? Yeah, John. Yeah. He has a lot of caged birds. Mm-hmm. So like, that's off-putting right off the bat. But the, the birds were just pigeons. Now, can I... They um, were fucking pigeons. It wasn't like canaries. It wasn't right. like parrots. It was fucking Two pigeons. things. I don't, I don't really trust bird people. Nah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I like birds enough, but like people that have birds, I just think of it like this: if you're not a Bond villain, you shouldn't have a bird. Right? No, I agree. Like, like a bird is something that flies free, mm-hmm. and it can fly to heights that we can't even imagine, and it can go at distances that, that we can't even fathom. Yet you keep it in a tiny little cage. Right. That would just be hell. Great segue. Yeah. Here's my motif symbolism of the birds. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Now, hang with me. Uh huh. John lives with his mother. He's like a cage he's bird. He's more or less, yes. He's, like, he's a cage bird. The end. <laughs> Ta-da. Wow, <laughs> you're a lot uh, sharper than I thought. <laughs> what about the now, snails? Did, did you get anything out of the snails? Because I, I think I know. I don't know. It was Snails never leave their home. Oh, they take their home with them. So Zelda leaves. Rubenstein never like really leaves her house, I would imagine. She's a snail. She's a, like, kind of like a snail. And then you have the symbolism of the spiral, because we'll talk about it in just a We'll some... talk about it in just a moment. Okay. So uh, Michael Lerner, they, they, a bird escapes, and they, and they have to catch the bird. And she's like, don't let that bird go in the kitchen. And, and like he's trying to catch the bird. It's and, trapped behind a bookcase. And so they break through the bookcase to get it. And there's like an eyeball metronome. There's a lot of eye references that come mm-hmm. up momentarily after that. And then, uh, and then there's like a giant seashell. So anyways, 
He Michael Lerner works in the hospital in the optometry department, I guess. Right. Where he puts contact lenses into people's eyes. Rich for him. L- blonde ladies. Rich, she wasn't blonde at all. Rich bitchy ladies. Yeah. And so uh, he puts like the contacts in this lady. And just just to kind of preface this, this movie has such a weird fucking vibe. Mm-hmm. It just seems so weird from the drop. It's well, like, Zelda Rubenstein's performance is like she's. I don't find her to be a particularly good actress, mm-hmm. but she's so like creepy that it doesn't even it almost contributes to it the way she delivered lines it's like seems very rehearsed in a lot of times like the delivery but like because she has that high-pitched voice and her weird like essence yeah yeah, yeah. essence of her yeah is (laughs) essence of zelda rest in peace zelda rubens yeah i love you loved her she's great so uh he goes to work and the crazy bitchy lady like starts yelling at him these contact lenses are hurting my eyes Take them out right now. It's cutting my eyes. It's cutting my eyes. And he gets all bugged out and leaves. He just leaves the room. And also before that, they're like walking through the hospital and there's always like severed eyes in like mason jars or like in uh, formaldehyde. They're just like, this is the eye wing of the hospital where we have uh, people's eyes that have been cut out for like no reason. And so it goes on like that. And then he goes home. But now Zelda Rubenstein was at home listening to the conversation that this mean woman was having with her mm-hmm. son through a giant seashell. Yep. Not like a giant, but like a, a seashell. Not like a conch shell, but like a, a big, like almost a big snail shell looking thing. It was like a conch shell. But a conch shell has those spiky things on it. It wasn't one of those. Yeah, it was something, yeah, something like that from the sea. It I was mean, about that size. It though. could have been a sea snail. So I she talks know. to her son telepathically through a seashell. Yeah. I don't know if he could hear her at that point. Oh, he could. Could he? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, but she could hear him. And then he goes home and he eats a bunch of bananas very strangely. Mm-hmm. And then she does like some weird ritual, like ritual hypnosis. He'll, he, wait, hold on. Yeah. He like eats slices of bananas and then like pours milk out of like a beaker thing into from a mouth. lab into his mouth. And then he eats bananas in a bowl of milk too. Yeah. Has he, have you ever seen him do that? I've never seen anything like, like sh- that. But it, that's the thing is like as overlooked as that could be, like those little things that are just like, oh, like what the fuck? Yeah. Who lives like this? Right, 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 right. It's just little bricks in the wall of how weird and creepy this film is. It's very weird and very creepy. Yes. So uh, then he gets sent by his mother. To- Wait, hypnosis. Hypnosis. He, he got hypnotized. She hypnotized him. His mother hypnotizes him. Yeah, she. that's what they do apparently in this household. What does she hypnotize him to go do? To go uh, to get revenge on the mean lady. And? Cut out her eyes. Yes. Yes. Her weird thing is collecting the eyes, okay? What is, what is that about? I don't know. I, I did not get the symbolism of that other than like he's like her eyes of the outside world or something. I don't know. Right. She's like the external snail eyes. Now, I just, now I just read this on IMDb while you were flapping your gums there. Right. Um, don't know if it's true or not. Sure. But the mother's role was offered to none other than Betty Davis. Oh. I thought you were going to say Jodie Foster. But you might say she's got Betty Davis eyes. Oh, man. That would have been it. She's precocious, and she knows it. (laughs) Kim Carnes, what up? Where are you at these days? Wait, what year did that song come out? I don't know. I don't don't know if there's a Betty Davis eyes connection to the movie Anguish. All I'm saying is maybe... Just maybe that uh, sh- the song had already come out because this movie was 1987. So maybe the song came out. Yeah, that song came out like 81. Right. So she wouldn't take the role because Betty Davis couldn't be the eye lady. Right. You know? Like she was already sick of being affiliated with eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Maybe. I mean, that's I mean, that's just my theory that I'm it's definitely going with. That's why Betty Davis did not. That's its official people. Betty Davis did not accept the role in Anguish because she didn't want to be typecast as the Eye Lady. Yeah, because you know what? On IMDb, it goes on to specify that she couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts. What was Betty Davis doing in 1987? I don't know. Fucking dying in a hospital bed. Maybe? Okay, okay. What? She's a treasure of Hollywood. Is she still alive? I don't think so. Okay, well, that could be right. I don't know. That's not nice. It wasn't because of that. It was because of the Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, she didn't want to be uh, have that stigma attached to her. Didn't want to be that her st- <laughs> stigma. St- st- oh, <laughs> she didn't want to have that stigmatism attached to her. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So uh, then uh, he kills the lady. It's a very good murder scene. It's a very good death scene. Like he goes in the house and like that leaves a bitch to her husband, and they're like rich, fancy people, and they're arguing, and she's the doorbell rings, and she's like, "Get the door." And so he goes and rings the buzzer, and he's like, who is it? And he's like, hey, I'm the creepy guy from the hospital with the eye contacts. Uh-huh. Let me come in, because your wife got the wrong pair. And the husband says, sounds like her, and lets this stranger in to bring in eye stuff from the hospital. It was a different time. It's a different era. It was a different era. So, I mean, but you know what? The best horror slasher movies come from that era. You think they would have fucking better known better. So anyways, he goes in there and he's like, I have the ones that fit. Let me put them in your eyeballs. And she says, okay. And then he puts them in the eyes and she's like, oh, they fit so good. And then he cuts her throat. Yes. And cuts out her eyes. And then cuts out her eyes. Cuts out her And then her eyes. husband, yeah, yeah, yeah. who looks like an um, anorexic Gary Oldman. Yeah, he was definitely a, definitely Gary Oldman-ish. Uh, he's like, I'm like what's, what's going on? And the whole time, these people live in like a, like a Calvin Klein perfume commercial. <laughs> Like it's all yeah. like just very white everywhere. Like mm-hmm. the walls are white, the furniture is white, the, the uh, railing on the staircase is white. It's all very white. Right. And then they're wearing white. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. And uh, you know, anorexic Gary Oldman is like, "Hey, what's going on here? What are you doing? Why are you? Why is, why my, is wife? my wife dead?" He's like, "I didn't like the bitch anyways, but you didn't have to kill her. That was my job." Right. And then uh, and then he kills Michael Lerner. Kills him too. And the white really makes the blood pop. It does. It's really good. It's a really good, effective, effective, effective visual filmmaking. It does. It is. So uh, then he goes back home to take the eyes to mother, and somewhere around this point, the movie takes a turn. It does. Here's where your spoilers start. This is where the spoiler starts. You're welcome to keep listening. If you're gonna watch this movie, which we would like for you to. Most of our fans don't watch the movies, and that's cool. That's fine too. I'm just telling you, it's a fun, it's a fun twist. It's not, it's not crucial to like the climax of the movie because it's so early. It's like, so half this movie is one movie, yeah, and the other half is another is a different movie. movie. Is a different movie. Continue. This is like two horror movies in one. It's two for one, baby. So all of a sudden, as he's like cleaning eyes in the sink, um, it, it pans out, and he's on a movie screen. Mm-hmm. And there's a movie full of people, or mm-hmm. a theater full of people, watching this movie. So it turns out that Michael Lerner and Zelda Rubinstein are in a movie that's being watched by people. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a girl in there who's freaking the fuck out because she's scared of horror movies. At apparently. this point, it feels like a totally different movie. It does. It just totally changes. It totally switches gears. You know why? Because it is. Yeah. Turned into something totally different. Totally different. And then there's a girl that's freaking out, and then she's there with a friend, and this girl's like really bugging out. It's not like just regular scared of the movie, but like like the hypnosis and stuff is mm-hmm. getting to her. And then there's like a 10-minute scene of hypnosis. Can I pause this for a second? Yeah, sure. Not pause it, but pause your wonderful description. Stop talking is what you're telling me. 
What what would it be like if we hired Mother, played by Zelda Rubenstein? Do you think she was ever a party hypnotist? <laughs> I mean, possibly. Do you think maybe it's the same character from Poltergeist? No. No. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to go down that road. She never said anything about. But snails. what if you? What if you went to a, a fancy party or like a project graduation, as we called it, to mm-hmm. keep kids off drinking alcohol? Let's, let's drink some on let's, graduation night. Let's drink to that. Um, we had a hypnotist at ours. Really, a party hypnotist. Wow. What if it was Zelda Rubenstein? I drink. I try not to drink. I do whatever that weird little woman told me. <laughs> pretty much weird little woman. <laughs> she was. She anyway, I just kept, I, I kept thinking of that. I haven't really developed that into anything <laughs> profound, but like, hey, what if she was a party party uh, hypnotist? She'd hang out with what's his name from Curse of the Demon. Yeah, Chriswell Carswell 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 Julian. Carswell. So the movie's literally hypnotizing the people that are watching the movie yeah. in the movie, and then if you let it, it can hypnotize you. Too. I mean, it's like really like ten minutes of just weird spiral spinning uh-huh. and like stacks of snails and on like top a of fetus in utero. Yeah, snacks stacks of snails on top of pigeons, and then like the little weird white ball going from back to forth to back to forth. The snail was t- sitting on top of the giant shell that she communicates. with. What was great about the, while this is happening is the reaction of the audience. Uh-huh. They're like all getting uneasy. Like some people are like, it's really affecting them. And some people like like they're being hypnotized, and some people are like, "This is just fucking weird," you know? Yeah. People are sweating, rubbing their eyes. Now, which one of those were you in in real life? Um, what? Like, were you um, being like, "This is just fucking weird," or were you like actually getting letting yourself get hypnotized? Yeah, I was a little bit hypnotized. Yeah, and the first time I watched it, I felt that way too. Yeah, I totally felt hypnotized. It's really easy. That voice, that woman's voice, is just so it's soothing. It's like melted butter. It is. Hi. You're going to go cut people's eyes out now. <laughs> All of the eyes of the city are wow, ours. All, All the... of the eyes of the city are ours. Is that what it was? Something like that. It's fucking crazy. It's a it's a weird fucking movie. It's a weird but fucking movie. Anyway, what goes on from there? So then uh, the girl who keeps freaking out, like she goes into the um, the bathroom and thinks there's a man in the bathroom. Really, it's just a heavy set woman who kind of looks like a man. Mm-hmm. But it gets her freaking out. And then so she goes back in the theater and she's losing her shit. Now, meanwhile, in the movie, movie of uh, Zelda Rubenstein and Michael Lerner, he's going out to kill again. And this time he's going to a movie theater. Yep. So he walks in the movie theater, CD movie theater, finally starts walking into the theater itself, the theater proper where he's watching the film. You might even say it's very meta. It's very meta. This was before meta was a term back in 1987. I don't think that's true. I never heard of it. It was a term of it was a uh, it was before meta was like a household term. What does meta even mean? It means like a thing within a thing. And it's or like a meta, self it's, it's like a self-aware like it's yeah, it's is like, meta short for something? I don't know. Meta metaphysical. And it's not metaphysical though. Um anyways, walks in the theater. And so from here on out, it's great because the film like flips but you don't know which theater you're in. Yeah. You don't know which theater you're watching. And that's the thing too, it's like and then that transcends to you as an audience member, right. because you're confused. Like you're already quote unquote hypnotized by the because Zelda Rubenstein tries to hypnotize you in this movie. It, while you're watching the movie, you'll, while you're watching the movie, try to hypnotize you. And then as the movie gets more and more chaotic, it's it just starts to blend the two movie theaters together, and you don't know which one's which. So it's very cognitively dissonant. Sure. So uh, then Michael Lerner starts killing people in the theater, right? Cutting their eyes out and in shit. the. 
original movie. In the movie that's in the movie. Right. And then just what's in the movie that we're watching right now, there's some other guy that was watching the movie who apparently had been hypnotized by this film, goes in the bat in the lobby, mm-hmm. and he starts shooting all the employees with a silenced gun. It was so great because the woman says, when he walks in the lobby, he's like, she's like, wow, you must know this movie by heart. How many times have you seen this movie? <laughs> And he shoots her. So he's been hypnotized multiple times. He's come back for this movie. He's come back. He shoots both the people in there. The crazy girl who's freaking out, her friend sees this happen, mm-hmm. and she goes and hides in the bathroom. Brilliant. Now, it keeps going back to the one girl who's in the theater freaking out, and like the people around her, they're like trying to help her. Right. And then they go out to try to get help, get murdered. He's probably just talking to a cute boy in the lobby. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. And it's like what's happening in the movie with Zelda, Rubensky, and Michael Lerner is exactly what's happening in the movie with the movie theater people. While it's happening, right? I mean, even to the point where, like, on one screen, there's they're watch they're, the people in the movie in the movie are watching a movie, and there's like people running around on screen, and then they start all running around, right? And it goes to the movie that's just the movie we're watching that has a movie in it, and they're running around while there are people on the screen running around. I just followed you, and everything you just said, and everything you just said is accurate. And it's fucking crazy. It's yeah. fucking crazy. It's very cognitively dissonant. You keep saying that. <laughs> you fucking use that again. You know, I don't even, I don't even know how that works in this context <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, it was fucking insane. Like I, it, it was confusing, you know. But it wasn't confusing because it was easy to follow. But it was just weird. Right. It was just fucking it weird. It was chaotic. It was like, what? 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 Oh, while while there's somebody getting murdered in the bathroom in the movie, in the movie, there's the be- the killer is in, in the movie is in the bathroom. And the girls, they're scared. It's a film within a film. It is. It's really like watching two horror movies simultaneously, which is, you don't see that a lot. Um, well, talk to me about the gentleman that the, the girl that realizes what's going on runs out in the street and finds a man. Oh, God, yeah. She goes across the street. Because she sees the people get murdered, and the guy had locked up the whole ho- the, the hotel, the whole theater auditorium, right? right? And so she runs across the street and grabs the first guy she sees in a plaid jacket, because obviously he has a briefcase, he can help her. Yeah. And she's like, help me, there are people being murdered in the theater. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm busy, I have an appointment. She, yeah, he has an appointment. He has an appointment. Like, oh, people are murdered? I don't believe you, child. Yeah, yeah. He didn't call the law. Right. He, he, he's like, no. And then finally, after 10 minutes of her like grabbing onto his leg... They go into the theater. He's like, maybe I should listen to this. Maybe I'll check it out. Very upset. But even still, if some young lady ran to me and said, hey, there's somebody killing people over there, I'm not going to go check it out myself. Right. Which is what he did. Well, that was his doubt. Like, he was, I think he was reacting that way to be like, there's no way this lady's being serious, but I'll go. It's kind of like when your parents check for the monster in your closet kind of thing. Right, right. Well, then he saw blood and found out that the theater was actually closed and like, mm-hmm. you know, the doors were shut and locked. And he's like, holy shit, this chick ain't crazy. He goes out and calls the law. And then we get a standoff Waco style. And there's two standoffs happening simultaneously because in Michael Lerner's movie, he had just killed the staff mm-hmm. and tried to kill the projectionist, but the projectionist called the law. Mm-hmm. He had also locked the theater, locking everybody inside of it. Right. God, it's so good. It's very good. It's very, very like different. Yeah. It's very different. It's very different. It's very different. Now, a mm-hmm. uh, really intense climax in this film. Mm-hmm. We have a sniper in the projection booth, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, take a shot, wait for your right shot, don't don't shoot the girl. Blah, blah. Like, I don't think we can reason with this guy because he's talking, the guy that's outside of the Michael Lerner movie that's in the movie that they were watching the movie in is like talking back to the screen referring to 
Zelda Rubenstein's mother. Yeah, he's like, I'm not leaving until, because he hypnotized with the movie. He's like, I'm not leaving until mother comes to get me. And by the way, the movie that they're watching is called The Mommy. The Mommy. So yes. And uh, we got to get, there's oh. a movie poster for it. Is there? In the movie, in the movie, it's not in the movie, but just in the movie, there's right. a poster for The Mommy. Mm-hmm. We need to get that poster in this room. Okay. I don't know. It would probably be a pretty hard to find poster. I bet that would. <laughs> a little bit obscure there. But it's if funny. anyone out there can find that, the movie poster for The Mommy from the movie Anguish. Find that, okay? Send us a link. Find it. Or just fucking mail it to us. That's fine, too. So what happens at the very end? The very end, Zola, oh, Michael Lerner gets caught by the cops. Did mm-hmm. they shoot him? Did they kill him? Uh, I th- think There was so. so much going on. There was a lot going on. It was very confusing. On. The killer that was in the theater present- or hypnotized, he gets shot by the cops. And this is all going on simultaneously. Like, he is in front of the screen in the theater while this is happening on the movie that's going on in the yeah, theater. Yeah, Michael Lerner's having a standoff with the... With the, the police on a screen, and in front of that screen is a man holding a gun to a girl, having a standoff with the police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Zelda Rubenstein's giant, wonderful face is like right on that. Yeah, screen. Yeah, that beautiful, beautiful Zelda. And so then, uh, then uh, the cops shoot that guy. The girl who was being held hostage, who was the girl that was freaking out earlier throughout the whole movie, half right. the movie, she's screaming at the screen. And then Michael Lerner on the screen looks at her and says, "What are you looking at? I'm going to take your eyes like all the rest." And he's holding a scalpel and throws it. And then the girl gets stabbed in the face with a scalpel. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. What? What? Wait, like, this guy clean. can come out of the movie and stab? It, was all, it went all fucking last action hero all of a sudden. Yes. Like real quick like. Like I didn't see that shit coming. That was a film within a film. That's a great movie. A lot too. of cognitive dissonance. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> cognitive dissonance. Don't fucking name this thing. Cognitive dissonance. Oh, you know that you've said that, <laughs> fucker. So uh, no. So uh, then, uh, then it turns out she wasn't really stabbed in the eye. Nope, it was in her mind. She, she was very hi- tr- hypnotized into hallucinations from Zelda Rubenstein by watching the movie The Mommy. Yeah, but she did also get dragged to the screen by a guy with a gun to her head. She had a traumatic day. What I want to know mm-hmm. is what was like. Not Zelda Rubenstein, the character in the movie they're watching, but Zelda Rubenstein in their real world. Mm-hmm. How did she react to all this? I mean, this isn't in the movie. I'm just speculating. Like, after all this went down, would they? Would did you think they like the press would interview her? Like, hey, that movie you were in, where you played the creepy, the mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything to say about um, the tragic incident that happened at the movie theater for those people seeing your movie? What would she say? So you're telling me? What, let me just get the question straight. So right. the actress, the actress who in, played the mommy, yes, in the mommy in the mommy in the movie in that part of the movie right. in that in that uh, dimension. What what she would say is that's a terrible thing. I would never want anybody to get hurt in real life. It's just a film, and we should just have some snails in our house. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's exactly what she would. That's say. what she would say. Uh-huh. The spirals, and then she stepped in the snail. There's an actual snail death in this movie. Yeah, that was sad. It's a fucking snail. Mm. What? I don't like animal abuse in movies. It got stepped on and eaten. What got stepped on? Have you ever seen Wake and Fright? No, I don't think so. Anyway, go ahead. Remember that movie we watched? That horrible, horrible movie that we were like, this is going to be cool. With like the boys and the freaking... Oh, you're thinking of... uh... Oh, God, what was that? The devil one where like it's the teenage devil? Yes. See no evil? I think they killed that dog. Maybe. That's a terrible movie. That was a horrible movie. That was one of the worst movies we ever fucking watched. That was before podcast days, people. That's when we just used to watch bad movies. Fear No Evil, I think. Oh, it was fucking horrible. Pretty bad. 
Remember when the kid got tits at the end? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's very progressive. Jesus, fuck. So, anyways, um, Zelda Rubenstein really knocked it out of the park. She was menacing. She was threatening. I was scared of Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah, had you ever seen her play a villain before? No, I don't think so. I only know her from three movies. Is Poltergeist? Was she in any of the other Poltergeists? Mm. And they was all kind of run together for me after the first. Pol- if you say three movies in Poltergeist, Poltergeist one, two, and three, that doesn't count. Anguish. Okay, the Poltergeist series, possibly. Anguish and Teen Witch, which is another film we will be reviewing at one point in the show. Yay! But <laughs> oh yay! I but she's fantastic. That. Yeah, she's a she's a treasure. She is a treasure. She's a, a dead treasure now, but she's a oh. treasure. John Bendernagel's dead. John Bendernagel. He died recently. John Bendernagel is one of the most famous. You've definitely seen him if you've ever watched a Sasquatch documentary. Oh, God. He's one of the most famous Squatchers on the planet. Oh, is he off that show? No. Oh, God. No, you're thinking of Bobo. I was hoping you were talking about Bobo. (laughs) No, no, no. Is it that John Moneymaker guy? No, you definitely... He's like this uh, guy from, I think, Vancouver or some Canadian place. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's like an old man that's been hunting Sasquatch like his whole life. He's a doctor. Dr. John... He's one of the only, like academics that actually gives the Sasquatch thing the time of day. So what people, viewers, listeners at home might not know, Bobby really has an unhealthy obsession with Bigfoot. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed. He's very into Bigfoot, the Bigfoot mythos, the Bigfoot theories, any show about Bigfoot. We should do a podcast on that one movie. That's fine with me. Say no more. A little bit off the ground. Oh, that movie. (laughs) That movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. If if you're looking for a really (laughs) good, fun Bigfoot documentary that's kind of (laughs) different... Check out not your typical Bigfoot movie. It came you... out probably about seven years ago. Oh, can we do that? Can we do a podcast on that? If you want to. I mean, why the hell not? We've never done a documentary before. No. <laughs> That's a good one to do. We'll do hoop dreams after that. <laughs> you yeah, got game. I'll watch Bigfoot documentaries anytime you want. I know you watch them in your spare time. So R.I.P. John Bendernagel. Rip Bigfoot. Hunter. Um, anything else on Ang- R.I.P. Zelda Rubenstein? Oh, Zelda, I loved you so they're eye hunters. They, somebody said that in the theater. Yeah. In the movie that wasn't in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Ask me if I liked um, uh, Anguish. Hey, Bobby. Uh, did you like Anguish? I loved it. <laughs> it was an eye joke. Because there's so much stuff about eyes in that movie. So oh, do yourself God. a favor mm-hmm. and contact <laughs> your local video rental store and say, tell them i would like to rent the movie anguish oh sweet jesus are you still going i'm done okay i am done uh, i tried so that wraps up uh audience appreciation month yeah who who all do we have to thank i want to thank austin for recommending anguish thanks austin he's always full of good suggestions i'll tell you what austin if you're listening the two that you've got me to watch you told me to watch were spectacularly fucking bizarre, and I loved him. Mm-hmm. He's a good resource to have. He's for a good sure. resource. He definitely is. Um, who next month when we're doing our recommendations to each other that we haven't seen—that's uh-huh, uh-huh. the thing we're doing. Existence. Um, one of them is one that Austin showed me originally, but you'll have to wait and find out what that is. Ooh, I won't spoil which one we're going to watch. That I recommend. Um, Existence. Thank you to Andrew over at the No Pants Podcast. Thanks, Andrew. He just interviewed me. I talk about the show. Mm-hmm. On his latest episode, it so dropped wait, a couple days ago. You talk about our show and another show? Yes. That's meta. I mean, in other things, is what it is. <laughs> oh, you didn't even talk about the very end of uh, Anguish. Oh, so the very end. The very, very end. They get out of the... The shooter gets shot. 
they go outside, the girls are reunited, and then the young girl who was carried on stage with a gun to her head goes to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, everybody needs to leave now. Let's leave her alone because she's going to be all right. She needs to just relax. And then as her friend is going outside, somebody grabs her and cuts her throat. Mm-hmm. And then an orderly walks into the room, pushing a cart, and that goes up to his face, and it's Michael Lerner. John. John. And he says, I'm just your imagination. None of this is happening. Or some shit like Something that. Something like that. And then she screams, ah, and it's over. Cut. Roll credits. Roll credits. But the credits are being rolled in a theater, and you see all the people standing up. And walking out as the credits are on screen yeah, so it, in the theater. It pulls out on that movie in to say that that's another theater. Oh, Jesus Christ. So was good. it's a film within a film within a film that you're watching. As a film. It's almost like this infinite spiral. Uh-huh. Kind of like the, uh, the, the curvature shells. of a shell. Yeah, she was talking about the spirals a lot. Yes, it was Zelda very hypnotic. Was. It's it, good. Yeah, it was so good. Like it, all the dots connect in this great way in this film. Yeah, like, it, like it's very deep. It was deep and weird. Yeah, it was deep and weird. That's how I like it. Okay, so thanks to Austin. <laughs> I just realized what you just said. <laughs> deep and weird. Uh, thanks to Austin. Thanks to Andrew No Pants Podcast. Check out the latest episode and all the other episodes of his. Yep. Uh, Lee, Adam, and Chris over at Welcome to Horror, of course. Thanks, Welcome to Horror. We love you guys. Bill Skinner for recommending Curse the Demon. Trump card. Singer of Trump card. Archangel, what up, buddy? Gabe. Gabriel. Gabriel, we like your beard and your and your blonde hair and your, your metal wings and, and your fanboyness. And, of course, uh, Gravity Sucks, Sucks Podcast, who mentioned us a few days ago. Yeah. Check woo. them out. Check them. Um, Laura, of course. Who's Hi, been Laura. with us? I sent Laura the pilots, but the stuff we haven't even released. Said, "Hey, is this worth putting out there?" And she's one of the reasons that we're still doing this. She, you didn't even let me listen to those. No, you're fucking lucky, Laura. I wanted the masters. You won't let me have the masters. I didn't want to skew the data. Laura's the final superior uh, word on these things. Oh, okay, I don't listen to podcasts. Um, Sean, of course. Sean, who has admittedly said, um, "I don't watch or have any interest in seeing any of these movies, but I like listening." To them. Like, all right, whatever works. Thanks, Sean, for being a fan, and thank you for being a fan. Yeah, who me? Um, no, just in general. Hey, you listen. Thanks for listening. Your fan. What do we got going on in March? We got a show, Bobby. We got a. When you say we, you mean we. I mean we. We have a live rock and roll show where both of our pans are going pans pans pans. <laughs> Both of our bands are going to be performing in the same night at the same venue. It's going to be spectacular. I'm opening for you. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Trump card's kind of a phenomenon right it now. It is. I'm, I'm happy about it. It's, I got people walking up to me and touching me in places I like to be touched. If you get recognized for more than one of your projects. I'm doing something right. You're doing something right. I'm doing right. fucking something I don't leave right. the house. So. Uh, I've got like three, four multiple projects that I get uh, I get talked to about. Well, look at you. Look at me, people. Just fucking look at me. So uh, we're going to be playing in Austin, Texas at Kick Butt Cafe. Uh, Kick, Trump- but, Kick Butt Coffee. No. Is it a cafe now? They change it to cafe. Do they have food? <coughs> they have cookies that have Cheetos in them. And this is like, this is somehow turned into like a punk rock venue, but it's like a... Well, it started as Kick Butt Coffee, and I went there a couple years ago. It was really small, and they just had coffee. And now they have a full bar. So nice. I, I like that because I like whiskey. 
and I like whiskey in my coffee. Um, and chicken in your whiskey. I like chicken in my whiskey, yes. And so, uh, anywho, anywho's also Trump Card, Worm Suicide, who we played with there last. Right. Uh, Strange Gun, which is Bobby's band Strange Gun. And possibly the Belgraves, who are the uh, the pinnacle of horror punk. Still waiting on confirmation from those fellas. Those fellas. Ruben, Danny, if y'all are listening, guys, just say yes. Just play a show with us. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Ruben, too. He always listens to us. Yeah, he thanks Ruben. Ruben's my buddy. He listens to us all the time. So, yeah, that's who we got to think. That's who we got to plug. Um, hopefully, I'll be doing another burlesque show soon. We might be doing a food-themed one where I will be hosting as Baker with the Breakfast Clown or... A Star Wars versus Star Trek themed one where I'll be dressing as Darth Maul. With or Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. I'm going to throw that one in the hat, too. Throw that throw that one in the hat? Is that a thing? Yeah. Throw that hat in the ring? I don't know. You know what I mean. Just, just something like that. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up, people. Keep listening because you can find you can find Bobby on, on the Instagrams and the pinballs at... At Pinball Bobby. Yeah, and you can find me, Adam, at... Von Arndt 13. And you can follow the podcast at Not For, for Everyone, Everyone podcast. podcast. This has been episode 21. Thanks again for everyone 21. for sticking with us through these uh, crazy times we live in. It's like another name for that card game, Blackjack. What? 21. I gotta go. Okay, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell. God bless Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. We love you and your hair, Kurt Russell.